Hey guys, what's up? I hope everybody is having a wonderful start to their fall, autumn season, that they are letting go of what needs to be let go so they can make room for better things to grow. Happy November. You are in for a treat today. We are going to be discussing marriage, relationships, and exactly what is love. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Hey guys, this is Maquita Danielle of Polish Pistol and you have reached my podcast. Life things. Here we talk about the things that happen in life, whether it be ups or downs or moments in our lives that feel like they're going sideways. Most importantly, here we are safe, here we are free and authenticity is the name of the game. Dude, I have a podcast. (laughs) This is going to be fun. Okay, this is Maquita Danielle with Life Things Podcast. Today I have with me the lovely Mink. Hello, Mink. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. You know, I'm grateful to be awake, even if I'm here late. You're never late. You're always there where you're supposed to be. Where you're supposed to be. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with me today and joining the podcast today. Thank, I ha- Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So Mink and I um, have had a a couple of conversations where I'm like, yo, we got to get on a podcast. So the first one happened probably, I don't know, a couple months ago. And Mm -hmm. I think, honestly, I think I was still transitioning and it just, it never came. And then the second time around was not that long ago. And so here we are, scheduled it right away. In that conversation though, there were a few things that stuck out. Mink's um, just her 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 point of view and her perception and her her way of voicing things and talking about things and so that's why um, it was essential to have you on here and particularly in this discussion about love I know initially if you recall when um, we talked you had brought up a quote was it a quote or a video. It was good, too. It had to do with it was something that was like released. And you mentioned like, I want to share this. You know what? I can pull it up. So if you bring it up, I might remember. It's been that long ago. All right. Mm. <laughs> All right. Because like you said, we've had a few conversations. So I'm just trying to think back to the first initial one of when we started all of this. Mm-hmm. This was hold on. Here we go. I'm getting closer. Marlon Wayans, <laughs> I knew my mom needed me. Oh, yes. I remember the conversation now. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were talking about the quote from Marlon Wayans when his mom first died. Mm-hmm. And he said how his reasoning for never getting married was because he knew his mom needed him. Right, 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 right. Yep. And I kind of call BS on that. So why did you call that? Um, Only because I'm just looking at the fact that we all know he's one of 10 children. Right. He's the youngest of 10. Right. And I believe it's an even split five and five. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. In terms of men and women. Yes. Five Mm -hmm. boys, five girls, as Mm -hmm. far as what she had. Mm -hmm. So why did he feel as though he take on responsibility to say that his mother needed him, that his sole purpose in life was that his married mother Mm -hmm. of 10 children Mm -hmm. needed him? Mm -hmm. And I remember, I remember, I don't know, 
about 10, 15 years ago when Keenan Ivory Waynes and Damon Waynes, his older brothers, got divorced. Mm -hmm. And him and the other brother, Sean, said watching the two older brothers go through their divorce and in their mind what they lost you know, having to divide up assets and things like that, that he would never get married because of that. Okay. And now you fast forward, you know, the sad passing of his mom, and then you say, oh, the reason why I didn't get married was because my mom needed me. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you still you still went out and started a relationship with this woman and had two kids with her. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if your mom, if you truly, if for me, and I, I don't want to say that I have to validate his statement or anything, but if your mom really needed you and you really want to be there for your mom, uh-huh. you would have put your whole life on hold for mm-hmm. her. You wouldn't have had kids. You wouldn't have had this illustrious career. You wouldn't have been traveling around the world. You'd have been there for your mom. Got you. Got you. Um, the topic today really surrounds love and relationships. And somehow we we do end up in that kind of conversation, you know, that time. And then this time, mm-hmm. I want to ask you about this idea of um, conscious uncoupling. <laughs> you already knew. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's interesting because... In our discussion, right, this term you told me you heard it from Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. When and you said more even better than conscious uncoupling, it was conscious uncoupling without penalty penalty. And by penalty yes. you meant stigma and shame. And so can you just explain can you can you talk about that? Not explain, but can you just talk about that? Yeah. So um I don't know. Many of us remember, I guess about seven to ten years ago, Gwyneth, actress Gwyneth Paltrow and her husband, his name is Chris, but I can't remember his last name, but he's a front man for, I forgot the name of the band. But when they separated, right. dissolution of marriage, and in their terms, a conscious uncoupling, you know. And I felt like, why couldn't she just, and we know, well, for me, I think Gwyneth Paltrow can be a little eclectic or different. Her child or, name is Apple. Yeah, her, okay, her child's name is Apple. That says a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sitting here like for her to, to feel the need to say we're not divorcing. Yeah. We're doing a conscious uncoupling. Yeah. You're separating. You're ending your marriage. It's a dissolution of marriage. You're no longer married to him. Right. And I think it came from the shame that in our society we put on a couple being divorced. Gotcha. Of them being, there's no shame in it. You tried. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you gave a true and gallant effort into your relationship. Mm-hmm. But sometimes me marrying someone at 20, 25 or 30 or whatever, five, 10 years later, after we've had children, we've built this life, we lost, we love, we done whatever, we realized the person I grew into, the person they grew into are no longer a match for each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why should we then be forced with a shame to say, oh, I'm not divorced, I'm consciously uncoupled, I'm this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just say we tried we had a grown-up conversation and we decided to end our marriage by divorcing. Mm. That's the term that it is right now and there shouldn't be a shame to it. Got you. And then do you mind sharing your marital status? I'm married. My husband and I, we we met when we were 16. We started dating at 21. Mm-hmm. Um, we had two kids and then we got married. Mm-hmm. So we were together for... 
12 years before we got married and we made a decision to get married mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everyone told us oh y'all need to get married because y'all have a child we had our first child y'all have a child y'all need to get well first it was oh y'all been together for X amount of years mm-hmm. like three almost four years y'all should get married people will no. put their expectations that they don't even hold for themselves onto you and the funny thing about it is I want to say, if I am recalling correctly, every couple who told us that we should get married are no longer together. And you've been married for how long? You've been with your spouse for how long? Mm -hmm. We've been together a total of 26 years now. Right. Okay. And I am single. Um, I just wanted to put that out there of understanding who's speaking Mm -hmm. and on what basis. And so, you know, as somebody that is, I believe in marriage, right? Like I... Mm -hmm. I believe in the proper order that God um, instated marriage. Now, I I, right. I struggle a bit with the world's version of marriage. Mm-hmm. And when people mm-hmm. choose to marry under those circumstances, then uh, honestly, I, I'm really, I really like to just mind my business. You know, people do what they want to do and I don't need to figure it out. Y'all got to right. figure it out. I don't need to know mm-hmm. if yours was under God or under the world and how it should or shouldn't be. That's not, I don't know. That's just, I don't really take that stance on things. If somebody mm-hmm. comes to me for my view, my belief, that's one thing. Other than that, I really just prefer to mind my business because I'd rather use that mental space for something else. But for me, <laughs> right. when I see it as, okay if I I struggle with it because I think if you do something in the world then you make the choice to live by the world standards all the way through that's a setup every time right every time because you're going to constantly jump through hoops because even in the scope of relationship if you meet someone and y'all are just friends and someone says oh you're a cute couple you should date and you start dating because everyone tells you you should you're telling my story go ahead (laughs) <laughs> and, then, and then once you start dating, it's like, oh, you guys have been dating for so-and-so. You should get engaged. Right. Get engaged. And then they tell you when to get married. You've been married for this time. Now you should get married and have children. Right. Have a child. Now you should have another one. And then you turn around and what started as a nice friendship, fast forward 10, maybe. 15 years later, maybe. Didn't even know now each you other. Have, uh-huh. Right. You have two, three kids, a house, a mortgage, and y'all don't like each other. Right. Right. But now we come back to the stigma of divorce. And now no one feels though they have an out. And the but the other so more what I'm leaning towards is not even other people's what they put on you, but what you put on yourself. Because mm-hmm. in that same example, right? If I'm living by the world's standards, and I'm like, well, he's cute, he has a good job, and you know, he's stable. We could work on the other stuff, and I'm ignoring my spirit and the Holy Spirit the whole time is like, that is not for you. That is not for you. That is not for you. And I'm you like, up. it's fine. You know what I mean? And so then when you choose to get into a marriage like that, that's where I struggle. Like, okay, I have a friend that explained it to me, having done something, having done something like that, essentially, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a union out of, you know, insecurities and that sort of thing, and kind of not trusting um, one's own spirit when they speak, like when the Holy Spirit is trying to guide you, you know what I'm saying? And ignoring your intuition and now being in a marriage and being like, God, you know, I'm not going to divorce this man because I'm not, that's not what I do. So mm-hmm. taking the responsibility, right? Because I feel like I've done that just not in marriage, but as a parent, taking the responsibility of like, I chose to do this with this person. And mm-hmm. so God helped me through it. Like, 
which is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, I don't, but then I, I mean, because I hear you, I hear you in terms of the, I mean, the stigma and all of that, but that's where I struggle. Like, and, and I mean, there, there's, there's so many things that can be involved in it, right? If you're being abused and things like that, there's, right, you know, right. there's always, ex- yeah, right, there's exceptions, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But if I choose to get into this marriage based on my own, then I have to, I have to kind of maybe take that L based on my own belief and continue that marriage and now lean on God to try to help me through it. But it was it was my decision. It wasn't where he led me. But the thing is, and then even in that realm, you're asking God to fix a decision you made that wasn't necessarily God's purpose or God's choice for you. Or me, um, me in the marriage, not even the decision itself. Yes, uh-huh. yes. So it's, it, you know, I, <sighs> we marry for love and we should marry for compatibility. We should marry someone, you know, and the Bible even speaks about marrying somebody who's equally yoked. And I think we put that in a metaphysical plane, but we need to think of it in the total scope of it. It's not just, oh, I'm going to marry somebody who makes the same salary as I. Marry someone who has the same values on family, has the same principles of marrying your children, you know, has the same, a lot of the things that are the same because I remember growing up, people always say, oh, opposites attract. And I would always say, but do they stay together? Because it's great in the beginning being hot and heavy and these differences that we have. But, you know, and that's fine. Honestly, it's fine in your 20s or whatever. But then when you hit about 30, 35 and you kind of start to settle a little bit, and I don't mean settle in that sense, but certain things don't matter to you anymore. Certain things you figure kind of figured out you know there are no the things that you're stri- that you used to grasp and reach for have now become a foundation for your next plateau because you're supposed you. to continue to build up when you get to that point and if y'all don't see things the same it makes the relationship a little bit more difficult mm-hmm. and if you don't have a compatible way of thinking about dealing with the situation even it's no more than we both believe that we should sit down and talk before we make a decision. It can make them that more, much more challenging in the relationship. Yeah. But a lot of us, like you said, we kind of want to ignore that. We want to kind of jump over it or we listen to other people, let them tell us how we should work or, or control or maneuver through our relationships. And that can be some of the biggest failures, the outside influences. Right. And so I want to, going back to the, uncom- the conscious uncoupling, right? Because mm-hmm. I want to hear... Mm-hmm more about that because as I said I see that perspective of like I need to take that L and take responsibility for my decision and not act mm-hmm. like I didn't know what I was doing when I chose to be in this marriage right right you know what I mean? oh I didn't know it's it's they were different and you know what I mean like probably not <laughs> all the signs were there but <laughs> what were you gonna say so, I was gonna say one of the best advice I got when I was younger from another female she was like you know and some the male listeners is not an attack it is what it is but you know she has said that some things that you might see as in a male or you know a guy when you first start dating once you get married it doesn't get better sometimes it gets worse right and I, and I also that works both ways for, though that's men and yeah, women like, yes mm-hmm. yes it is men and women but you know her advice was you know geared towards you know Got but you. the thing about it is and it's so true and we love everyone at their best and we need to learn to love them at their worst and you're absolutely right in that love bubble they do stuff that we choose to ignore because we think oh well no 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 that's who they are I met my husband on the basketball court. 
Hmm. Ooh. I met with. I want to we hear 16. this. <laughs> we were sixteen. You know, we were sixteen years old. So cute. He was actually <laughs> he was actually a friend of one of my brothers. Uh-huh. And um, I would go I would go see my brother, and I would walk to the Seven Eleven, and he was always in the basketball court. That's one way what? to get back at your brother. <laughs> <laughs> You just give it five more years. I'm going to pull your friend. I'll have your friend. And the funny thing about it is, one thing that attracted me to my husband back then, and, you know, you and I talked about this. I grew up in D.C., you know, back in the 90s. And one thing that attracted me to him and seeing him on a basketball court was he was always by himself. He didn't hang in large groups of people. He didn't feel the need to be in the crowd. You know, he was strong enough to stand on his own. That was one. Two, he was dedicated. Yes, he was dedicated to perfecting his jump shot, his dunk or whatever he was on the court for. You know, that was his focus. He was trying to work on that. Okay. So that was one of the things that, you know, and another thing is he didn't have a whole bunch of females like flocking around him. I didn't see him chasing a whole bunch of females. So it was different things about him that I saw that attracted me to him. Okay. So um, I gained about 15 pounds that summer walking to (laughs) 7-Eleven. Because I had to pass the basketball court to get to 7-Eleven to see him. <laughs> Stop it. I cannot. Oh, you were smitten. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Luckily, I had youth on my side. So I dropped away, you know, when time school started back up. Right, right, right. Girl, and I'm sure that little thickness only made things a little better. <laughs> yeah, I, I was about the size of spaghetti back then. But... <laughs> <laughs> but yes, but you know, uh, so that's how we initially met, and gotcha. you know, it didn't it didn't manifest till five years later for us to actually start dating. Mm. It's just one of them things where we had to do it on our time. Mm. We had to do it the way we had to do it, mm. you know. And again, we had so many outside influences, but and even now, and I tell him, you know, being married is one thing. Mm. But every day, I want you to wake up and choose being here. If you ever decide that you don't want to be here, I'm not going to hold you hostage. I'm not going to make you feel bad. I do believe in marriage, but I believe in divorce. I don't believe in being unhappy, and I don't believe in making someone else unhappy just for the sake of a word, marriage. Um, That's the other... So that's the other piece that I want to touch on. As much as mm -hmm. I believe in that, like, okay, I need to take accountability for my actions, there's also Mm -hmm. this part that recognizes, like, okay, okay, if you chose to make a business deal and then you get out of that business deal, it wasn't about God anyway. So, I mean, in terms of that conscious uncoupling, it's it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? In a lot of those instances, it's a very unhealthy relationship that you are putting yourself through. The other person's putting themselves through. And then you have kids. They're now, this is their view of what a relationship should be like. And now they're going into the world repeating the same cycle, right? And we have that same generational type of issue because there's no God involved in it anyway. Honestly, again, I like to just mind my business, but if somebody asks, I would present those two different things. Like one, you need to go with God with it because one, maybe you need to be taking the L, but two, maybe you need to, maybe this is an out. Maybe you all need to sit down and have an honest conversation where it's not based on your own selfish, you know, insecurities and voids that you need to fill and recognize that this is not healthy. This isn't working for us. And we don't want our kids to think that this is love, you know? 
Well, I think what you touched on the head right there with sit down and have an adult conversation. Mm-hmm. I think part of the problem with is a lot of people come into marriage with their thought and idea of what marriage is and what it should be. And then I'm just going to insert spouse. And my spouse has to work around what I want, what I need, what I think, and what I believe. Mm-hmm. As opposed to sitting down and talking to the person, finding someone, again, who has the same ideology that you do yeah. on what they expect what they want and what they need from their marriage. And if we don't match, I don't care how attractive I am to you or how attracted I am to you, if we don't have this core base of what we both want, need, and expect, then let's part here. Why take it years, you know, down the line to say, oh, no, we can make it work? Because you shouldn't have to make it work. You should wake up every day and choose your spouse, whether you're married or not. Mm. Choose to be here. Choose to stay here. Because if I get to the point where I no longer choose to be with you, then you allow so many other elements to come in. That's when, you know, infidelity creeps its way in, disrespect creeps its way in, you know, when so many other things come in because you really don't want to be here, but you don't want to have that conversation. You don't want to sit there and put it on the table and say, look, this is where I am. On the other side, you need to be open regardless of how much I love you, how much I want to be with you. I can't love you enough to love me. You have to love me by your own free will because one person love in a relationship is not enough for two people. It never will be. I'm not a person who necessarily believes in soulmates because again, that's leading it. That's leaving it to, you know, oh, well, the stars are going to align. No, it's work. It really is work. You have to want to be here. You have to want to be a participant in your own marriage. You can't just drop the ball and allow your spouse to love you, love the relationship enough for the both of you. It's not going to work because someone's going to be unhappy. So, and then there's happiness, right? Which is another piece that... I, mean, I think, you yeah. know, I'm kind of like I'm I'm careful with the word happy because I'm like, well, everything that's good for me isn't going to make me happy. You know what? what there's um one of my favorite movies, a movie I really enjoy watching, it's really favorite and movie I enjoy is um Jason's Lyric uh-huh. with um, Alan Payne and Jada Pinkett, well, Jada Pinkett back then uh-huh. and uh-huh. the whole dichotomy with him and his brother. And she said to him, you can't save no one who doesn't want to be saved. That part. To, tra- to transfer it to our conversation, yeah. you can't love nobody that don't want to be loved by you or don't want to stay. It's, not, it's never going to be enough. It is never going to be enough. And my, my favorite auntie told me when I was younger, mm. she was like, you know what? You define someone who loves you more than you love them because it kind of, you know, you, you want somebody who wants you to be there. You want somebody who wants to be a part of your life, who who I don't want to start to say put you before them, but a person who will protect you as much as they protect themselves. That part. Okay, right. So there's two things I want to touch on. Mm-hmm. The you in in this journey as a single person, right? You have mm-hmm. a lot of experience in marriage mm-hmm. and relationship that I do not necessarily have. I have a relationship but not in marriage, right? Mm-hmm. In this journey of my relationship with God though, is realizing that it is impossible to expect someone to love you when you don't love yourself. You talked about protect, right? This is same- Life Things with Maquita Danielle will be right back after this commercial break. My garden belongs to me, so 
Thank God for the invitation. Each moan, groan, and scream provides air for you to breathe. Songs for birds to sing in, breeze in the brutal summer heat. Each hip and hill, a resting place, each bite and scratch, a growing pain. And when I am pleased, my body creates rivers, oceans, and wells. It gives the land reason for continuing. It initiates life and encourages healing. To make love to me with permission is to sing praises to God and thank Him for His creation. It is to praise Him for earth, strength, forgiveness, women, children, men. It is to thank God for me. So if you didn't know, I am a poet. I have published three books. That is approximately 461 pages of poetry and short stories to be shared. And it is essential that they continue to get into the hands of other people. We all are looking for healing. Let me start there. We're all looking for healing in various areas of our lives. That's why these words are so important, right? So there's a number of things I want to make you all aware of. One, all books are either available on Amazon.com under Stories of a Polished Pistol. That's P-I-S-T-I-L or maquitadaniel.com. All the links will be listed at the bottom of this podcast episode. Secondly, I have made it now available where you can purchase poetry to put on two ear walls. That is all available at maquitadaniel.com. Thirdly, I have started a business with Janelle Jordan, who is a phenomenal portrait artist from the Washington, D.C. area. And it is called Paint and Poetic Prose. While we have private sessions available where you can schedule paint and poetry sessions for you and your team, coworkers, family, friends, the ones that you love, on November the 27th in Santa Monica, California, we will be hosting a paint and poetry event on the beach. That information is located on paintandpoeticprose.com. Additionally, if you would like to invite me to come speak to your class, your, your group, or discussion, poetry readings and discussion. I am now available for that as well. To reach me regarding that, you can go to maquitadaniel.com. Yo, like, it's time. It's time that we connect. It is impossible to expect someone to love you when you don't know how to love yourself. You talked about protect, right? That's the same thing. Because you don't even know what it means to you. You don't even know what to expect. You're you're just going with the wind. Today it means this and t- tomorrow it means that because you don't even know what it means to love yourself. So how do you know what it means for somebody else to love you? How can and, you... And, mm-hmm. and you don't know how to receive that love. You don't right. know how to receive the love from them. And, and, you know, and you're not giving I, it to yourself. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the whole journey. And, and I'm a movie. I'm a movie person for the listeners. I'm a movie person. <laughs> but the whole Jerry Maguire, you complete me. Mm-hmm. Miss me with all that. Like, Facts. I don't work at Build-A-Bear. I don't want to build a man. I don't work at a toy factory. I don't work at Mattel. I don't want to put somebody together. And we're talking adult relationships. Right. 
Now, I'm not saying you can't come with hurt. I'm not saying, I hate to turn back. Well, I don't like to turn baggage that much, but I'm not saying you can't come with, you know, hurt and different viewpoints from previous relationships. That's what make us the people who we are. However, if you're still, if you haven't even started the process of healing from your past, then don't drag anyone into your, into your present because you're going to mess up their future because you're trying to make them pay for the sins of your past. And that's not their responsibility. I'm not here to complete you. I'm not here to make you whole. I'm here for us to share our wholeness together. Right, right, right. And in terms of longevity, especially as a, a couple that started off young, I there you must be able to relate to what I'm about to say. That's true to even being in that same relationship. If you're in a relationship where you start off young, you are going to have history. There's moments in my life now, I know before I was like, I want to marry my high school sweetheart. And that's, you know, but mm. now I recognize like, I'm kind of glad, yo, that I have an opportunity to like meet my husband now. And I get to meet him now because mm-hmm. there's another layer of you have to forgive that person and you have to give yourself grace. And there has to be a, a mutual understanding of grace or you never move forward. But speaking of that grace, that's such a valid point for the simple fact of Oh my gosh. You and you and I talked about this previously. Don't put your don't put your spouse in a pretty glass bubble because mm-hmm. nothing grows in there. Mm. And when you lock them and say, if my husband would have said to me, well, you're not the same that you were when you were 16. That was many moons ago. No, I'm not. There's no way all that I've been through as an individual, all that we've been through as a couple, that I'm going to be the same person I was the day we met. And the expectation of that stifles that person and it stifles relationship because the life lessons that you've come to individually and as a couple, because I think as in a relationship as a couple, you still need to be, be an individual. 1,000%, yes. Never, and I see so, like I have, <laughs> I have a couple of friends that are couples who talk in the we term. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a we person. I'm not a we. If you come to me and say, oh, do you want to go here, here, and here? Yes, I want to go. Because you asked me that I want to go. Now, if you ask me, you know, well, I'll invite you and your husband, then yes, that, that deserves a we response. Right, right. But I have friends who I'll say, oh, well, do you like this? Well, no, we don't eat that. We don't drink. Well, I didn't ask you about y'all I asked you about you yeah yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a difference yeah and you know so I do believe that you still should try to grow your individual while mm-hmm. being a couple you you know you still it, it's, it's a fine balance in marriage because you still have to learn how to work that individual into being part of that couple mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. sense of you know I don't need permission or anything for my husband to do anything mm-hmm. but out of love respect and just simple courtesy to him you know I check right. with him hey I want to do this do you have plans you have this you have that do you want to go you know just that and the third or just out of concern hey I'm going to the movies at this theater don't worry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so just in case if he hears especially in the time we live in right now there was a fire there was a shooting there was an incident or something that happened right. you know I wasn't either in that area or I was in that area right you know I mean that whole individualism and the unity part right I want to go back to the whole soulmate part as well so mm-hmm. I pulled up this bible verse it's Genesis 2 23 through 24 mm-hmm 
Mm-hmm. And 25. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. So she shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. Right. So that already mm-hmm. I read that as a unity, but separation. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she is woman. He is man. And mm-hmm. then this is why when a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, they become one flesh, which is that unity piece. But then mm-hmm. right after that, it also says Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So they're a part of one flesh in that unity, but they're still individuals, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. that move in their own ways and make their own decisions as we later saw. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And so that, and this also ties me into to, to soulmates or, you know, however you want to call it. I started like actually reading the Bible and reading it differently, like almost like I'm eating it, like digesting it truly. Right. So it's, it's crazy to read like line by line instead of just reading it like a story you're trying to like, you know, get to. Right. Because mm-hmm. it came to me like, I'm like, okay, guys, so there's a statement that I say in one of my books, we're from the same part of earth. But then as I went on, I was like, but I'm not from your flesh, right? We're from the same part of earth. So we, we connect on a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. you're not my person. And so I'm like, okay, guys. So in this part of the Bible, it talks about like a husband, a wife, it could be anybody. But then in mm-hmm. this part in the creation, it's like his wife, right? And so I'm like, all right. So in terms of a soulmate, which is the term that we're using, even though I don't know if it's the best term, but I know it's it's one that's recognizable, right? Right, right. But it, it, I say in terms of me being, you know, the rib to, uh, to another man, that's one person, right? So mm-hmm. what does that mean? That's literally me having a conversation like, God, so what does that mean? What I received was we can come from we as women are a rib to another man right Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. that's not who necessarily we will end up with and Mm -hmm. so i think maybe in this journey i would love i think right because who knows what that means (laughs) i think that's who i would want to find and be with Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. i want to be back with my flesh with my you know one flesh person yeah but you have other choices where you can marry another man and it still be what you all work to make it to be well i'll I'll say this just to buy some clarity okay okay, so my thought with soulmate is this all right i don't believe in soulmates in the term that we constantly use it that bound person yes and i don't think your soulmate has to necessarily be your spouse your soulmate to me is someone who you connect with on a deeper level someone who you can have a non-verbal communication with and have a whole understanding it could be your best friend it could be a parent it could be a sibling Mm. it's that person that when you're in their space when you're in their space you have a complete and level of comfort that you can truly freely be yourself no type of judgment no type of airs no type of anything and some people find it in their spouse i'm not saying that you can't girl i call that a tribe i need all my people to be like that (laughs) (laughs) but i'm listening (laughs) but it's like you know so many times Mm -hmm. we get caught in the term the word um i tell my you know i tell my kids all the time don't worry so much about the what, worry about the why. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. A what is a manifestation of the why. The what is a result of the why. Mm-hmm. So when we look into this quote unquote, how we use the term soulmate, again, we're looking for somebody that we think is going to complete us and do certain things for us. Right. Why should this person come into your life? And to kind of go into you, another thing you and I talked about um, previously, the accountability for mm-hmm. someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't realize part of being in a relationship is being being accountable for the protection on on, di- on different levels mm-hmm. of someone. And we don't realize love is love is multifaceted, you know, because yes. I don't love my kids the same way I love my husband. That doesn't mean I love either one, you know, anybody less. I don't love my husband the same way I love my parents or, you know, my siblings. So when we do that, I think we do a disservice not only to ourselves, but to the people we're saying we're loving, that we love. And calling someone your soulmate and putting an expectation on them that this is what a soulmate is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You're once again putting them in this little pretty glass container because you can sit there and say, you know, like, well, all intents of purposes, Rapunzel was in a castle. Mm-hmm. You know, but she was locked in the castle. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's what we do to our loved ones, you know. And then you come back and you say, "Oh, well, you're loved my soul." Was good because kids, yeah, family members, spouses, yeah, yes. And the thing is, like with the sometimes with the soulmates, and I've seen people hold on to bad marriages because or marriages that weren't for them. I say a bad marriage, marriages mm-hmm. they weren't supposed to be in yeah. because in their mind, I had found my soulmate. Maybe he was supposed to be your best friend. Maybe she was supposed to be your best friend, <laughs> and not your spouse. But we felt as though, oh, they're my soulmate. We're supposed to marry. So I, I you know, I, I, I definitely am an advocate for marriage. Um, I'm definitely an advocate for young love, but I think we need to start teaching it a little different. I think we need to start showing it a little different. I think we need to start, again start allowing people to express their love differently and not through our expectations. With you know, like again, you're 16, y'all felt. Like I, I, you, you, you fell in love. You're supposed to get married. How? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm, let them be. Let them be. Kind of let let them be. Let let it filter it out. Let it play out. Let it let them figure out where they're going to try to go. Understanding what love is, like yes. I and think you, that needs to be taught differently. What is love? I think that's anyways. Just to answer to what you're saying in terms of love being multifaceted, I see that as like okay, love isn't just like oh I love you so much. That's not just love. When I love you, then I'm going to tell you some stuff that maybe you don't want to hear. When I love you, you know what I mean. It's 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 different. It's, it's it's thick. So I think understanding what love is will then help to then maybe say like, oh, well, okay, you can get married. Do you love each other? Do you even understand what love is? Do you love yourself? Do you know what I mean? Like it's, right. what does love look right. like? What should I aim Well, guys, that brings us to the end of part one of our episode. I am so glad to have you all here with me because when it's real and when it's authentic and when you're happy with what you're putting out there and it's rooted in your purpose, it's bound to connect with those that need to connect with it. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to create and connect with you. This is Life Things with Maquita Danielle of Polish Pistol. You can follow me on social media at 
Maquita Danielle. That's on Instagram, Facebook, etc. You can follow future blog posts and check out the old blog post on polishpistol.com for the purchasing of books, any personal bookings for poetry readings and discussion, or to purchase any poetry for your walls, you would head to maquitadanielle.com. And I'll see you on the next episode. Episode, episode. Bye.